and COVID-19 has provided some significant challenges to churches and Christian leaders across Australia, but the opportunities to speak to people about the brokenness of the world and the need for an eternal hope in Jesus is greater than it has ever been in Australia. There is absolutely no shortage of people in Australia and throughout the world who need Jesus, and it is going to take hundreds of re-energised churches, hundreds of new churches to reach the lost, which is why we need to keep planting. At the Sydney Planting Conference in November, we'll be exploring the why and the how of the next wave of planting in Sydney and beyond, and how through these plants we can reach those who need Jesus. If you've ever thought about it, or you are thinking about planting, even if it's in the distant future, or if you are leading a church and you want to explore different models for planting and multiplication, and the kinds of leaders you want to be on the lookout for in this, well, come to the planting conference in Sydney, November 27, 9.30 to 12.30 at Scott's Presbyterian Church in Sydney. Go to genevapush.com for more info and to register. Lifeway Leadership Podcast Network. G'day, I'm Derek Hanna. And I'm Scott Sanders. Welcome to The One Thing, a podcast designed to give you one solid practical tip for gospel-centered ministry every week. Now, Scott, last time you asked me about my Christmas and I wanted to, I was champing at the bit. Oh, you were champing. Champing or chomping? Chomping or champing? Champing. Anyway, I was was keen to ask you what your Christmas... Well, Christmas Christmas is kind of Groundhog Day for us. So, So I'm married to my beautiful Natalie. And her family do Christmas exactly the same every year. Like, I kid you not, it is like Groundhog Day. So it, it's all timed per- perfectly. So I can even tell you the moment that everything kind of hits the room and the, the levels of sort of aggression and fired upness get and someone explodes and it happens every year without fail. Is it the same person? I don't want Look, name I'm not mentioning names, but if you're listening... Um, I do love you, uh, but it happens every year. <laughs> Very small chance that they're listening. Anyway, the one thing's brought to you thanks to Geneva Push, the Australian Church Planning Network, and we're also proudly part of the Lifeway Leadership Podcast Network. We encourage you to check out the network page on iTunes and all the other quality Christian podcasts that are there. But for now, you have pressed play on another episode of The One Thing, and this one is Pitfalls of Established Churches. We're going to talk, as we unpack for new churches, we're going to unpack this for established churches today. Um, Just we're going to pick your brains about some of the big pitfalls that you're seeing is for Rich Australia, particularly as you're doing consults into churches, as you've worked with church in the last 12 years. what What are some of the things that you are seeing happen again and again that churches just keep butting up against? Yeah, I guess clarity around the purpose of, of church, uh, clarity around, you know, what it is we're wanting to do. So I, I don't want to say vision because I think people then go, oh, we've got to do a vision exercise and we've, we've got to have the pithy short statement about where we're going. It's actually, it's actually clarity about what the church is here for. And I think it's really, it's really clear in the New Testament. Uh, the purpose of the church is to make disciples make mature disciples and I, and I want to add that sort of little growth dynamic in there in increasing numbers you know i think we see that in the book of acts uh we you know we see the church you know explode you know so that paul 
uh, you know, at the end of, um, you know, at the end of Acts can say that he's, that he's, the gospel has gone kind of all across, you know, the, the Roman world. Uh, so I think it's really uh, important for a established leader to get clarity on, on their purpose, but then clarity on, on what it is and where it is that God has placed them and the people that they're going to reach. So as you think about that, you know, what is, what has God called us to do? Uh, what are your specific passions and the passions of your people? And then, you know, where are you actually placed? You know, are you in a region and an area that can kind of just help, help you start to, I guess, build that, uh, you know, build that urgency, build that vibrancy around your church's uh, vision. Yeah. And we'll put in the show notes a link to this because Greg Lee did a brilliant webinar on this um, uh, a few months ago. And so we'll put a link to that. Greg Lee's the, the senior minister at uh, HBC, but he's, he's excellent in this stuff on uh, just how it is you, you are clear on what you do and how you talk to people about that. That's the key. All right. So that's one, the kind of vision area, not no clarity on, on where you're going to do. What else? Yeah. Rosters rather than teams or team pastoring. I think over the last few years, I've seen the importance of that in church planning, but more and more I'm seeing that in, in church life. And I think, I think people hear rosters rather than teams. They go, oh, rosters, but I need to have a roster. No, no, it's a, it's a culture. You want to have a team's culture tr- across the church where you know, rather than putting people on things, you're actually seeking to, to build a team. You know? So you've got to form and storm and, and norm. You've got to do the hard work of dealing with conflict and mining with conflict. Uh, the hard work of, of helping, you know, the team clarify their vision within the larger vision of the church. Uh, there's a power in actually, you know, bringing a group of people uh, to solve a problem or to serve, uh, you know, a church. And again, we see that language in the new, you know, in the new Testament of, of the body. Uh, you see that in, in Paul, you know, fellow workers and, and the church planting teams, uh, you know, it's not, it's not used in the Bible, but he's de- he definitely had church planting teams that he, that he sent out. I mean, you see it in, uh, in, in Jesus sending out, you know, groups of people as they go and take, take the gospel. So I think seeing churches move towards a culture of teams is really important. And part of that is about, is about you as the senior leader, assuming responsibility uh, for that, you know, as, as leader of the team, as key team leader, but also giving over responsibility as well. So I think in the context of this, the mistake that often a lot of church leaders make is they don't delegate. They don't delegate significant areas of responsibility to others and and help them form teams uh so rosters rather than teams okay just let me push into that one quickly because that is a big one because when i'm talking to uh people who are leading smaller churches um it's it's sometimes easier conversation with plants because the cement is quite wet and you can help them work through it and what it looks like but guys in smaller established churches which they are trying to revitalize often they they feel like teams is a a big church thing rather than a small church thing. Um, so you've got a, I mean, you've all got a, you've all got a team. You, you launch, you launch team with your, with your wife, your dog and your, your best mate and their wife. That's a team. You know, that, that's your first team. So even just thinking through, that's our first team. And then uh, we want you to go out and recruit teams uh, and they're going to fall smaller teams as well. So, so I think it, it's a, everyone has, well, Everyone has the team teams there. It's just do they have a culture of actually working with and, and building building that team? So for someone who's who's feeling oh I'm, I'm a bit nervous about this, I think you'll you'll quickly see and recognise all the teams within teams that you have. 
And I suppose all, when we're talking about teams as well, we're recognising that if they don't exist in your church at the moment, the principles behind teams are getting to people to see people to see how um, what they do is connected to a greater vision. And so there is there is a purpose where I'm not just handing out bulletins on a Sunday for the sake of doing that. I'm handing out bulletins because it is part of welcoming every single person who comes into church in the hope that they'll come to know Jesus. But helping uh, gather people around purposes rather than just around tasks, it's it's beginning to move towards that. And all teams do is just facilitate or, or depending on how you're using the term, um, it's, it's a term describing how people come together around a purpose to achieve the, the biblical vision of the church. And so moving people towards that rather than thinking it's just some magical structure. Anyway, um, now, right, Derek, you, got- um, you yeah, multiplying programs. So you, you know, you've been part of a big, big church in the past uh, and big churches in the past. It seems like churches, they tend towards uh, complexity over time. You know, I, I'm envious that you get to work in the church planning world because it's just so simple. You know, you've only got kind of two things you want to do. You want to get people <laughs> and you want to grow people. It's just so easy to plan a church, whereas established churches, they're so complex. You've got the flower roster. Uh, you've got the morning tea roster. You've got five different programs doing different things. You've got Simply Christianity, the life course. You've got Reason for God. You've got uh, Introducing God. You've got, uh, you know, Derek, the key evangelist, who's also created his own little course that he works with hip-hop artists, you know, who are seeking to move into, um, you know, Logan and those parts of Brisbane. You know, it just, there's just complex, complex, complexity as, as it goes on. Yeah, well, as you said, church planning is, is dead easy. Um, <laughs> And so really, no, it's not. Uh, church planning isn't easy, but that's not what we're talking about today. We're talking about established churches. Around this time, everything tends towards complexity over time. Everything tends towards complexity. Uh, partly because we see a problem, we try to fix it. And we create something else in order to fix that problem. Um, but we don't shut something down as we create something new. Uh, but also we don't step back and, and think through how it is that the whole thing fits together as well. So we just add one more thing into the ecosystem, hoping it'll fix the immediate problem rather than stepping back and thinking, how could we adjust what we do, run, run the fewest things possible for the, for the maximum effect. Um, it, it, it's hard though, because you are trying to fix problem. You, you're building a plane. It feels like you're building a, a, a an airplane uh, while it's flying with church planning, but we just need to work out how we, we shut stuff down and ask that question. Um, what, what are the fewest things we can do to get to the point we want? Yeah. So uh, I, I think that's really helpful. You know, again, I always go back to simple church, but they just say, you know, clarity about where you're going, have, have focus, you know, and focus means cutting stuff. So that's really important. But your role as a, as a church leader often is to, is to keep breaking down, you know, the, the systems and the processes in church. And so I'd encourage you to, regularly like every quarter think about your discipleship pathway but also every now and again you know every month just just pull apart uh, a, diff- a different system you know i i love how derek you 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 know you'll you'll be watching how we do things in our team and you'll 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 find a new tool or a new resource and you'll you'll you know you'll bring that to us and say hey we can do things better so i think again a leader a leader should be challenging the status quo and i think a key part of that is is regularly sort of assessing uh, what you're doing um, all right, Scott, you just mentioned the discipleship pathways there a moment ago. Um, how, how are you seeing this as a, a pitfall in church? Yeah, I, I think, I guess, foggy, again, it's that clarity question. 
first of all, I think you need to, you know, just, just write it down and have a sense of, you know, what, what does it look like from all the way from sort of uh, contact through to actually someone becoming uh, part of, part of the life of your church and, and maturing and, and being a member of your church. So, so putting clarity on that is really helpful. Only then, I think, after writing it down, can you actually work out, well, where do we have gaps? Uh, where are there blockages? Uh, where are we actually, you know, not seeing people move, you know, move through our discipleship pathway? You can also identify if you've got a front door or a back door problem. So front door problem, you know, we're not connecting with enough people. Back door problem, people, we're connecting with lots of people, but they're, they're actually not sticking. And so having a foggy discipleship pathway and doing that analysis, there's a, there's a video we did for relaunch um, that's worthwhile, um, you know, checking in on that as well. Alrighty. Um, within that discipleship, often the one, two big things I've heard you guys talk about in Reach Australia um, is the discipleship pathway, but also the, the, the mission funnel. Um, talking about it, challenges within mission and evangelism in churches. Yeah, I, I think the big one is not, not actually having a plan. You know, so in some senses this whole episode should, should be, you, you need a plan. <laughs> um, uh, you know, if you, if you aim at nothing, you, you get nothing. And so uh, in the mission space, I think having a plan is really important. Uh, I think often the, the, the big failure in, in mission planning outside of not having one um, is actually not taking into account, I guess, the seasons and the rhythms that you have in the year. So again, evaluating what's happened last year, what worked, what didn't work. So you can identify sort of where to put uh, connection events, where to put contact events, uh, where to put your energies um, and focus in terms of, you know, uh, Sunday planning and, and campaign planning to in- encourage invitation. Uh, and so, so that's where I would, uh, I'd be encouraging churches to do that. So you, you want to plan early in this. You want to be thinking about your next year plan in June uh, so you can be communicating it to your church in October so you can be implementing it in, you know, January, February and building that momentum for the rest of the year. Yeah, it's good. The, keep in mind with this stuff as well that it's an iterative process over years to get it right. Like at the moment, internally with Geneva and Reach, we're trying to align all of our um, goal setting in quarters with our quarterly meetings. Um, and we're and doing it so well. We're doing it so well. It's all just functioning beautifully. I know. It's not, unfortunately, but <laughs> I keep saying, I keep saying to people, progress, not perfection. This, t- this stuff takes years to to get going. We just need to hold the tension and each year take responsibility for things didn't work and just keep fixing it year on year. That's how it works. You don't get it right the first time and, and set it. All right, Scott, anything else? Open so that any other pitfalls that come to mind? Uh, I think, I think the one at the moment I want to emphasize is, is getting good rest. Um, so uh, it's important, like it is important to take uh, a day off. It's important to put your holidays in the calendar um, you know, as, as one of your first priorities. Uh, and, and I guess, as I say this, I, I've got to say, you know, I, I need to be reminding myself. So I was so, thinking exactly the same thing then. Yeah, <laughs> thank you. I just wanted to get in front of the curve from you having to go me there. Um, but, but rest is so important. And, and next, you know, 2021, we, there's lots of still uncertainty there. So I can encourage you guys to be taking good holidays uh, and, and taking rest, you know, as a regular pattern of your, um, your leadership um, exercise as well. The other, the, the other one that I, that I regularly remind the guys in the development program about is reflection. Uh, so taking the time to reflect regularly. Now that could be that that's daily is you sort of look over, have I achieved what I, I set out to be? That's weekly. What are my goals and priorities for this week? That's uh, monthly, you know, 
you know, stopping, taking the time to, uh, to, to reflect on your, your spiritual life, your spiritual walk on, on how church is going every quarter to do that with your team. Uh, reflection is a critical skill in, in leading and, uh, and managing. And, and so I think one of the helpful, you know, ways for someone who's not good at reflecting, which is me, I'm not, I don't think I'm the great ref- reflector. I need to put things in my calendar to remind myself. The second thing I think is, you know, is be part of some sort of external coaching, mentoring, have someone outside of you uh, speak into your world. And, and just having that monthly meeting in the, do- in, you know, in the calendar, oh, I'm gonna, I've got to catch up with my coach, you know, week out, oh, I've got to, I better think of something, I better have something prepared, uh, I need to be, be ready. That, uh, that sort of note in your calendar, I think, forces you to have that, that accountability as well for those who, like me, are probably highly flexible and, and, and need accountability structures in their life. Yeah, that's good. Now, listen, we asked Mike Sams, who works with you uh, in Reach Australia as well as one of the church consultants. He spends his time visiting existing churches, helping them uh, kind of course correct and and avoid pitfalls. Uh, Here's what he said about the big pitfalls he sees in established churches. Why why are they singing? And and what's... I, I don't know that I believe any of this yet. Should I sing these words? I don't know what what I'm thinking, what's going on to is God real? And they're praying to him. What's this mean? To then the focal point of one of the keys to any Sunday, the word being read and explained to us, that being explained faithfully and engagingly with real challenge is so crucial. But is it happening just for those who come each week, week out? For those who know Bible language, for those who are Christians, or is their attention paid to helping God's word be accessible to people who so desperately need to hear it? Are they being challenged in a way they can understand with clarity on their need to turn to Jesus? All these things and ideas are just to say that one of the challenges that established churches can have is that all the things that are done in church. Some that are good and need to keep on doing, and maybe there are some that need to reflect, are they actually helping us with what we're wanting to uh, do for God's sake? With all of these things, maybe we need to reassess, is our deep-held conviction of making disciples lining up with how we seek to engage those very same people? Yeah, and and I love I love that Mike, Mike's a church planter. Mike's doing great stuff across the network as well, uh, coming up with some excellent resources that uh, that, are, that are really useful. He's very uh, logical and thought out, and uh, thinks thinks uh, you know like a pastor, which is uh, which is why he's a great asset to the team. But he is an evangelist. You know, he wants to see the lost one. So I love that his you know biggest mistake is is losing sight of your church's perspective for the outsider. Great. All right, uh, Scott, as we finish today, what's the one thing you want people to take away about pitfalls of established churches? Church leaders need to be clear on what they're wanting to achieve. Wow. Nailed it. That's the shortest one thing ever. All right. Well, let's uh, go. What's in the toolbox, Scott? What do you got for us today? Uh, Greg Lee's webinar on vision. Uh, Derek talked about it. It's a, it's a great one. Um, I'll get Tom as well to put in the show notes, just a link to that uh, now where sort of vision tool that Mike uh, has pulled together as well. That's a, a great one. Uh, episode 66 to 69 on the one thing on growth barriers. I think they raise a whole bunch of things that are helpful for leaders to think through as they sort of push past those. Mikey Lynch also wrote a great article on growing past 
the hundred barrier as well. Um, you know, in Australia, average shirt size is about 120. Uh, and so we, you know, we've got systemic issues and sort of pushing past the hundred. So that's a really helpful one. And then, uh, talked about that prune your pathway video. It's one of those beautiful glass board videos. Uh, check it out and you'll have five things to help you prune your pathway. Alrighty, well, that's all we've got time for in this episode. If you've liked what you've heard today, we'd appreciate taking a moment to rate the show on iTunes and even leave a comment. Now, here's a shout out to Matt Jacob Evans. Oh, that's a triple barrel uh, name for his review. It's short and sweet. Is he talking about you, Derek, there? With plenty of important insights and refreshments for ministry. Love it. Are you saying sure? <laughs> 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 Matt Jacob, that is a great name. That sounds like a man who owns a stable of horses, doesn't it? <laughs> Matt Jacob. Anyway, thank you. Uh, thank you, Matt. And thanks for joining us for another episode of The One Thing Today. I am Derek Just Hannah. to clarify, I think, I think uh, Derek, he was talking about The One Thing. Yeah, right, Just to clarify, thanks if there was confusion there for our listeners. <laughs> All right, you should have turned off about 30 seconds ago. Anyway, <laughs> thanks for joining us for another episode of The One Thing. I'm Derek Hannah. And I'm Scott Sanders. Chat soon.